Welcome to New Testament Topics with Brother Elliot Maloney, a Benedictine monk and professor of New Testament Studies at St. Vincent Seminary, Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Hello, this is Brother Elliot, and I thought today we'd take a look at the Gospel of Matthew uh, since it is the year of the common lectionary, the year A of the Gospel of Matthew, where we'll have readings from Matthew on most Sundays, I thought it'd be good to give a little introduction uh, so that we'll have a, a bigger background for the readings of, again, most of the Sundays of the year. So uh, the way you start to introduce a gospel is with what we call the preliminary questions. They're like the questions that are answered by the cover of a book. Who wrote it? Where was it written? When was it written? And then some blurbs on why it was written. And very importantly, what kind of a book is it? So let's take a look now at the Gospel of Matthew, some background information so that we can have a deeper uh, understanding of just how this particular writer, inspired by God, as all Christians believe, how this particular writer saw, envisioned the traditions that he had of Jesus, or oh, some 40, 45, 50 years old, uh, and how he wrote them up, probably because of his own particular community's needs. We'll see he had the Gospel of Mark already, but somehow he didn't see that as adequate. He, he, he believed that it needed to be revised, just as we update uh, something, uh, Mark was written about the year 70, he is writing, Matthew is writing about the year 85. That's a, a good enough time for the need for a revision. So here we go. Who was Matthew? Well, there is, of course, the story in the Gospel of Matthew that says in chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus passed on, he saw a man named Matthew sitting in a customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And while he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. And of course, the Pharisees saw and said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and so forth? Now, we know that there is a very similar word-for-word -word story like this in the Gospel of Mark. But the person's name, the tax collector, uh, his name is Levi. So we have a problem here that there is a tradition, and unless... Levi's name was Matthew, for some inexplicable reason, one writer calls him one thing and another calls him another thing. What we have is a reappropriation of a story from Mark, and 
most scholars believe that Matthew copied Mark. About 80% of Mark is in Matthew, and 20% of Mark was something that Matthew either didn't think he needed or it caused more trouble than it was worth, and so he left that out of his revision. Um, okay, so Papias is a uh, one of the uh, people of the second century church who is quoted in the fourth century by a church historian called Eusebius. And Eusebius says that Papias says that, quote, Matthew composed his gospel in his native tongue, meaning either Hebrew or Aramaic, probably Aramaic, as Hebrew was no longer really spoken popularly in Israel. So, okay, he says that uh, Matthew uh, wrote this gospel in his native tongue, and Matthew wrote first. Well, the problem with that is Matthew, as we have it, was clearly composed in Greek. Now, there are traces in Matthew that some of the sources may have originally been in Aramaic. There's certain little, what we call a, a bilingual interference, a little, uh, you know, like when grandma used to speak and if grandma's first language was Italian or Croatian, like my grandmother's, uh, you could tell there was something a little different about the way they spoke, uh, that interference of Aramaic in the Greek then we see, but basically not enough to say that there was a an Aramaic original. So what is Eusebius reporting about Papias? Probably it has something to do with a um, uh, a source that Matthew used. People talk about the Q document, and that is simply a collection of sayings that Matthew used, um, as well as Luke used uh, to fill out and enrich the, especially the many, many discourses attributed to Jesus. So, basically, Matthew is an unknown writer. He writes the gospel anonymously, the according to Mark or gospel according to Mark or the gospel according to Mark uh, uh, inscript or um, um, uh, statement at the beginning of the gospel is not original. It was added, and we know it was added to different manuscripts in different places with different uh, form of the thing because it was not original. Originally, the gospel was um, anonymous, and the first verse, book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, that's the title, or that's at least the inscriptio. 
Okay, um, so the evangelist was probably not one of the twelve, because again, the timing. If Mark's gospel was written roughly at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, 70 AD, 70 of the Common Era, which is again, most gospel commentators see it very clearly at that time. Uh, it took time for Mark to become so well-known and then to become obsolete that we can say, along with other, for other reasons, that Matthew probably was not written until about the year 85, plus or minus, when the Jewish uh, Pharisees kind of got together in meetings at a place called Yavne in Galilee. Uh, in, in, uh, in Latin, it would be Yamnia. We would say in English, Jamnia. These meetings of the rabbis that put Judaism together by reconstituting the Pharisaical um, uh, outlook on the religion of Judaism or what we would have as the rabbinic uh, tradition, gathering it together and fortifying it. These people became rivals in a way to Matthew's very Jewish community because Matthew is understanding his religion as being the real Judaism that has accepted the real Messiah of Judaism, namely Jesus Christ. The rabbis explicitly reject Jesus Christ when they say that they, the rabbis, will say who the Messiah is when he should come. Obviously, Jesus is not the one. So, uh, this author, we'll call him Matthew, and we'll say he, we'll use the pronoun he, but that's okay. Now, some of the reasons that we do uh, speak this way about Matthew, Matthew never does anything in the gospel uh, except being named with that name switch in the story of Levi, and then in one time in the list uh, of the 12 in chapter 10, verse 3. So, Matthew is probably an unknown theological writer. And remember that all the Gospels are, are basically anonymous, attributed to various apostolic writers, as is almost the entire Old Testament anonymous. The, the Jewish writers uh, were not as concerned as the Greek writers with their own personal identity. Uh, anyway, um, um, we, as we said, it's probably written. So when was it written? Probably in the decade of the 80s, well after the destruction of Jerusalem and after this so-called Council of Gemniah. That may be a, just a way of talking about a series of meetings that the rabbis had in the mid-80s. Um, but basically, uh, the gospel seems to be written to a largely... Jewish but Greek-speaking community of house churches with some Gentiles, which is 
a community with some polarization. We know that in so many of our churches today. There is a, there was there at the time of the writing of the gospel, um, the strong Jewish uh, ethnic feeling of understanding and trying to live a following of Jesus Christ in a Jewish way, kind of in opposition or intention, let's put it that way, with some uh, strong Gentile presence. And of course, the greater church by this time, I mean, by the 80s, uh, Paul has great Gentile churches going uh, in Rome, in, in, in Corinth, and other places. So, in a way, Matthew's trying to hold on to a Jewish kind of uh, Christianity that perhaps is going the way uh, many of our ethnic Catholic communities went in the last century, in this century. Um, a good candidate for the place uh, is Antioch in ancient Syria. Um, this, of course, we know the Antioch community was uh, worked with by Paul and Barnabas, St. Paul and St. Barnabas, where uh, eventually St. Peter came to stay, but Paul and Peter had a great falling out over the admission of the Gentiles uh, to table because they didn't eat kasrut, they didn't eat the kosher food, and they didn't keep kosher. And so eventually there was actually a break there, and Paul left, Peter stayed, and, well, uh, that was in the late 40s, probably 49 or 50, so 35 years later, here we are in Antioch again, same problem, the Jewishness and how can the Gentiles uh, live in a Jewish community when they're not Jewish. Uh, so the gospel seems to be have written by a bunch of new challenges uh, with a, a split from official Judaism, which is reconstituted now by the rabbis, uh, and yet um, uh, a feeling that, that this really is the, 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 the real Judaism, the true Judaism that God wanted. So um, the Gospel of, of Matthew is a very Jewish kind of Christianity presented using the tradition of Jesus, who of course himself was a Jew, and making a very powerful point uh, that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, the new lawgiver, the one whom God has sent as Messiah to renew the law. You have heard it said in the Old Testament, but Jesus says, but I say to you, take it one step further and go behind the law and go to the spirit of the law and have your, um, your behavior reflect more the newness of the kingdom of God. Um, 
Well, so much we can say more about Matthew, but just the preliminary kind of thing of why it was written, namely it was seen by a Jewish Christian community to be a necessary revision and improvement on the Gospel of Mark, which was a very good record of the events of Jesus' life and death. 80% of it is used in the Gospel, and um, uh, done by Matthew. Now, we know that there were very few copies of Mark made for a while, for a century or two, because most people read Matthew and considered it in a way to be a better rendition, along with Mark, who used 60%. uh, I'm sorry, Luke, who used 60%. So when we read Matthew, then we want to keep in mind that he presents Jesus as a new and perfect lawgiver, better than Moses. He organizes his material basically uh, in five great discourses after an introduction, which is the infancy narratives, and then, of course, the conclusion, the same conclusion as Mark, the passion narrative from the entrance on Palm Sunday through the the Last Supper and so forth through the passion and death. But Matthew adds two very wonderful stories of the resurrected Jesus to the ending of Mark, which, as you recall, ends uh, with just the finding of the empty tomb and the women run away. So, uh, again, listening to Matthew, you want to listen for the Jewishness, the sensitivity to the Old Testament, Jesus as fulfilling the Old Testament, and basically the merciful Jesus. Um, In the next uh, little piece we're going to do, we'll do the Sermon on the Mount because this is where Jesus talks about in Matthew righteousness and mercy. So uh, tune in again and we will talk about the Sermon on the Mount. This is Brother Elliot Maloney. Thanks for listening in today. See you again on New Testament Topics with Brother Elliot.